You're listening to Data Framed, a podcast by Data Camp. In this show, you'll hear all the latest trends and insights in data science. Whether you're just getting started in your data career or you're a data leader looking to scale data-driven decisions in your organization, join us for in-depth discussions with data and analytics leaders at the forefront of the data revolution. Let's dive right in. Hello, everyone. This is Adele, data science educator and evangelist at DataCamp. One thing I love about hosting the Data Frame podcast is that I get to speak with really smart data leaders who can break down the different levers for becoming a data-driven organization. And you can argue, once you put all these levers together, you have the key components of a data strategy. This is why I'm so excited to speak with Vijay Yadav. Vijay Yadav is the Director of Quantitative Sciences and Head of Data Science at the Center for Mathematical Sciences at Merck. He is a seasoned data leader who drives the analytics strategy and roadmap for Merck's manufacturing teams and owns the development and deployment of advanced analytics capabilities throughout Merck. Vijay has over 20 years of experience working in pharmaceutical and chemical manufacturing and has deep insight on developing data strategies that scale. Throughout the episode, we speak about his background, the key components of a data strategy, how data culture and people are arguably the most important aspect of a data strategy, how to structure upskilling programs for data science, and more. Now, let's dive right in. Ajay, it's great to have you on the show. Thank you, Adele. So great to be here. So I'm excited to discuss with you, you know, all things data strategy, how to operationalize and build a data culture, how to accelerate data science within an organization. But first, can you give us a brief background about yourself and how you got into the data space? Yeah, thank you, Adele. It's great to be here. By trade, you know, I am computer scientist and I started my career in IT space and data has always been part of, I consider myself as a data practitioner. Even though in, in my college days, I was specialized in artificial intelligence and numerical methods, statistics, but I got to apply those techniques later in the career. But I can tell you that throughout my career, data has been part of my passion and Majority of the solutions, I have been able to apply some of the AI and machine learning techniques to deliver some business value for the company. Currently, I'm with the Merck. I'm heading the data science team and primarily focused on developing the AI and ML solutions to make manufacturing modern kind of capability enabled area. There's definitely a lot to unpack today. And what I'm really excited to talk to you about is really the different elements of a data strategy and how to get there. You're a very experienced leader in the data science space, and you've worked a lot on data transformation projects. And I especially love this topic of data strategy because it really allows us to dig through basically all of the elements of what makes an organization data-driven. And I think that's very exciting. So I'd love it if you can walk me through kind of from a high level, the different components or elements of a data strategy. Yeah, no, I mean, that is that is great, actually. And that's the way you want to think holistically what the data and analytic strategy should look like. In my experience, there are six pillars of that strategy. The number one at the top is basically data and analytics strategy itself. Who owns that strategy? Who, who develops that, right? Who are the players basically want to do that? So that's the first component of the very strategic point of view that as well. What are the business objective? End of the day, I think you want to have your strategy based on the actual business strategy, where business wants to basically go, right? So that's the first component. The second component is uh, operating model. This is the new area, right? What are the different players? Who plays the role? What is the role's responsibility of data and analytics organization? What is the role of technology function? What is the role of business functions, different business functions we have? What is the data 
product team, whether it's engineering team or design team. So there are multiple players. How we come together, orchestrate in a way that it's a cohesive in order to make this strategy and execute it and drive the value out of that, right? So that's the second component. The third component, I, I will say the, the data assets itself. So how do we go about building the data assets? You have to really think about it. We all call it data is oil and data is gold. It's an asset, right? So how do we take that and make that we can basically drive the value, preserve it, right, to do that? Now, it's not you take all the data and then you dump into uh, into a data lake, right? That is not the strategy. You're putting in the data. What I mean by data strategy is that what can we do that is accessible in an easy way? It is governed that only people who need to access, they have to have access. It it's, it's makes sense for someone to look at that. It's, it's more like democratize the data itself, right? So how do we do that uh, as well? That's a component. And the next component is the, the infrastructure, the platform itself. So we have a data, how do we apply the infrastructure, put together infrastructure that's scalable and it can take the speed the business wants to do that. So infrastructure, whether it's a platform, data platform, and also when we talk about the data science field, if data scientists are working, what kind of tools and technology they're using, right? So we got to put together a place where it can be shareable and scalable, right? And the next component I would say is the data product management. And this is fairly new concept. If you talk about the Google and Facebook and you know Meta now, the concept of the data product is, it's really in Silicon Valley, it's very prevalent. But what it is not prevalent is in a, other industries, you know, whether it's a pharma, whether it is other ones. So how do we bring the concept of product? When I say product, it's a data product, right? The concept is that it's not that you take initiative, you start and finish you have to develop that and you want to make that product accessible to the entire company and that's how you have to treat as a product so what kind of methodology we need to basically bring on that as well right and the last one i would say the people and culture even though it is the last one but i'll keep at the last right so how do we organize this organization itself data and organization what is the culture and culture i can tell you is the biggest component in the strategy at all levels, and we'll talk more as we as we go. But at the high level, these are the six areas that I think are really required. That's awesome. So there's definitely so much to unpack here. I'd love to go through each element by each element and dig through and kind of pick your brain. And I said, I love this conversation around data strategy just because how holistic it is and because we get to tackle all of these different elements. Let's start off kind of with the ownership of the data strategy. You mentioned that's one of the first elements when you think about ownership. You know, oftentimes I see within organizations, there's often a trade-off or kind of a friction, especially as they go about their first data analytics journey, the beginning within their data analytics journey around who owns the strategy and it could be it's often a debate about whether it's IT or the data team or the business functions and in some sense who do you think should own the data strategy and its execution no that that is such a great and important question Adil, i can tell you that the company who are company who are doing well those company the business owns a strategy data strategy and the company who are not doing well it's a very traditional way somebody else owns. So it could be technology as someone else, right? In my opinion experience, I can tell you is that high success you will get when the business owns a data strategy. So what I mean by business owning that. So think about who is the user of the data. It is the business. Business knows that what basically good looks like. 
Now we may not be capable, but that's where we want to put together. Who can who can represent the business? What good looks like to them, right? To do it, the drive the value, right? If the business is the one, this would be the one driving. What what do I need really to do that? Not you know IT organization traditionally that that's what it is. And also the ownership in terms of drive the value. So let's say we develop a solution, right? We deploy it end of the day. Business is using it. Who makes the commitment that hey? We develop this tool. Now here is the value we are driven, not IT, not any other function. Business is the one who is going to make the commitment that we define what success looks like. We are using it, and here is the value we are delivering. So you can take that value and go to the next level and basically do that. So in my experience um, and opinion, and very strong opinion, is the business is the one that should basically own that strategy. Now. Business is the business of doing, you know, technical. If a pharma company making the medicines, you need people, data in kind of expert strategist, really to represent business, and they are the one basically on behalf of the business, basically own the strategy to drive it. What you touch upon here is really that data science and data, to a certain extent, is not a traditional technology project, right? It's not That's something right. that you take from point A to point Z. It's a mindset shift. It's kind of a new methodology for solving business problems. If you talk about the business of data, that business of data is feeding, enabling your main line of business, right? So if we think of vertical of the business of data, you know, when you talk about the business, then you have to have a customer. So your business is the customer of the business of data, and this is why it should be owned by the business. Is that correct? A hundred percent. That's exactly right. You, you summed it up really, really well to do that. So one comment I wanted to just make it. So the way I think today, and those are the differentiating factors. So any company is at least they are in the business of two things. One is mm-hmm. the primary business they are in. So if you're a pharma company, you are making the pharma product. That's your primary business. But you are also in the business of data. Business of data is a concept where, and you're driving value out of that. So I think the the mind shift here is that you're not only the business of what you're doing, but you're also business of data. If you want to take your organization to the next level of innovation. Yeah. And in conversations with the C-suite, especially, how do you convince them that, hey, the data strategy should not be owned by IT? Because probably C-suites are very comfortable in handing off these technology-driven projects towards IT and not towards the business owners necessarily. So how does that conversation goes and how does that kind of mindset shift within the C-suite happen? That is such a great question, and I can tell you it's not an easy one. And folks at that level, right, they have been operating in, in a certain way. What I would say basically makes the case for them is that the fact that the business understand what good looks like, right? IT organization is the, not the one. It's basically, they are expert in something, but they are not close to the what the business basically looks like. What I have done in my experience is that showing that, so the success that, hey, listen, when we came in and we represented the business, we talked to the business, we defined the ownership for the business. Here's what we delivered. And here's the value. Now you compare that outcome with any other solution that you have basically done. And you can see the difference just assigning that ownership, driving business is driving that. You can see the difference, right? So there's no state answer. I think it takes time. So sometimes you saw the success that this strategy, if you change it, then I can tell you that this has given proven better value than traditional way of doing things. Given that the business should own it, what is the role of IT then in executing and ideating the data strategy? If you're saying data is business, then what IT does, IT has a big role to play. So think about 
we talked about one of the pillars is the enablement, right? It's the data and analytics enablement, right? So the infrastructure, right? IT is, so for example, if you need architecture, if you need to architect a solution, that's a purely technical role that has to be played by that, right? Or you need a platform, the IT platform that we need for that IT. So I would say that the delivery, once we define what success looks like, the business says, here's good looks like, and here's my vision for this particular solution. I'm going to lay out the vision. This is what good looks to me. Let's define those pieces. And then IT, you come and enable us wherever that technology component basically comes into play. So I would say IT still plays a big role, but I think the business is the one at the driver's seat. That's the piece that difference I see there. That's awesome. So we covered kind of the ownership of the data strategy's first component. Let's move on to the second component, which is the operating model, right? How do you organize data teams? How do you organize the players, as you mentioned them, within this organization, within this new practice within an organization to deliver value, right? Um, So in terms of structuring the operating model for a newly formed data team, what are the different options that you can pursue? So one of the things I have seen in my career as success is that one of the, in the operating model, the sponsors play a big role. So what I mean by that? So the sponsor are the one, basically, your champion for the business case. Now, when you make the business case to develop a data product using AI, ML, and any analytics product to do that, it has to be based on the value that is being driven. Now, the business sponsor is really the key for you to take, represent you at the senior level. Not only that, if we involve the sponsor, then they are the one making the change management possible. So it's not that I go and develop a model here it is and somebody just adopts it. There's a change management process that has to take place in order to deploy the new solution. So if you have a sponsor, then you can basically take it. So that's number one in any operating model. Every time you're launching a data product solution, your sponsor are really playing the key role there as well. Right. So that's one piece to it. Right. Now talk about the product management piece. Right. So who sets the vision for the data product? What good looks like. Right. So normally the product team is the one vertical that basically do. And I have done that successfully in in multiple you know roles that I have basically played. So that is one role that is basically someone who is defining the vision, representing the business here at the roadmap basically looks like. And this is how we are basically going to do that. Now, and kind of the roadmap of the data team. That's here. right. That's right. The, yeah. That's okay. that's right to do that. Now, IT is a play. IT is you can say is that's where they're coming to play as a team, playing the role in in delivering the IT infrastructure, the platform, architecture, anything compliant. For example, in these days, I think data compliance is really part of that, right? So we have to have that element uh, into that as well. And so we define who is doing what, right? So it's a clearly well defined. The other element is that the, the business subject matter experts. Now, if we are taking the, if you are in, saying that, hey, business is owns that strategy, right? So the business has to allocate the resource as a subject matter expert. So as the project is going on, development is going on, we have someone who has the expertise to basically provide the inside what good looks like, things of that nature, right? So, so there's another business plays as role. So we talked about the sponsorship, we talked about the IT, then we got a product team. Then we got business side subject matter experts. And I think somewhere in the organization is a change management comes into play. So who plays that role, right? That's another element of that. And on top of that, 
think about the priority. So who defines that which projects should we take that? Is it a product team? I just someone from the business that, hey, we got 10 things here. Here is number one. So someone has a basically a priority person that you're basically running it. And also you want to drive the value out of that. So somebody should be responsible to track the value into the process. Even kind of before thinking about how to define a team, then the court companies and organizations should really think about who's owning the process, who's setting the vision and the roadmap of the data team, who's sponsoring the change management, ensuring that the data team is supported, even before thinking about who to get as a data scientist or how to build a data science team. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's really important. And I think that's a major problem right now we have is I have been in a situation where when I engage, I so nobody knows who is doing what. And I think I have seen the success if you clearly define the roles and responsibility and a very clear map, then I think you have a high level of success in that scenario. And without kind of that base layer that you're discussing of setting the roadmap, setting the processes, you're setting up data scientists to fail because they don't know necessarily what they are building or who they are building for. Is that correct? 100%. I think one of the elements, and we'll talk about that, is that to me, I think customer experience or user experience is the key. What I've seen is that we design, traditionally people try to define a solution and try to find the user after the fact. That is not the case. Your solution should be really tailored to the business and the user. You need to understand the user base and you design your solution of that as well um, to do that. Yep, go ahead. Awesome. Now that you've like we've have this operating model that are relatively set in place, how do you organize the data team? You know, some organizations they opt for like a center of excellence, centralized data team. Other organizations they opt to we take a data scientist, we put them in the business and they have skin in the game and they're part of the business. Which model works for you that you found works for you most between a centralized and a decentralized model? And a follow-up on that is what are the trade-offs between both? I would say the mixed model. So think about their analytics needs that are different in nature. The complexity is different, right? So if you embed a data science team or data analytics professional as part of the business who are doing, you know, let's say dashboarding or any type of insights that we can basically create in a simple way, doesn't need advanced analytics after that, right? So I think you can embed those as part of supporting day-to-day -day and they understand the local needs. They are part of that. I think the major piece you need to centralize and what I've seen basically working is that you take that advanced, a complex piece because you need to bring the different skill set and together. And if you're fragmented, you may not be able to drive the values. So I would say it's a mix of the two. You support the local where things can be supported by not too complex, very local. But when you take the major transformation uh, initiative, I think having a central team with a different skill set, I think that's, that's really, really important. Yeah. And especially early on the analytics journey, it's very important to kind of set the stage with a centralized model. And then you can, over time, embed and become much more hybrid. Is that correct? That's 100%. I think that's, I think that's uh, the key point is that a lot of organizations are still maturing. You don't know what the central basically looks like. So I think that's the whole data culture piece. You want to make people aware that, hey, the data can drive the value, right? So that is part of the culture when you go and work, assign the people embed as part of the local. So people are getting aware, they're getting to know. As the time goes by maturity level up, now you can centralize because now the company is, is much more aware of what data can deliver for them. 
you know, the third component and fourth component that you mentioned at the beginning was kind of data asset management as well as data analytics enablement. I think this is where a lot of IT plays a massive role. So let's start off with data asset management. Oftentimes, it's the least exciting element of a data strategy, let's say, but it's probably one of the most important because it, it's really the source of truth and kind of determines the truthfulness levels of, of the insights one captures. So moving on to the other components of data strategy, of course, we can dedicate an entire episode towards asset management, data asset management, and data governance. But I wanted to gain your insight on how important should data asset management manifest itself within a data strategy and how so? It's critical. It is the critical component of the data strategy. One thing that you see that we complain, oh my God, data is not clean. The data is scattered. It's a desperate. If you think about the region behind why we have so much problem in the data. What's wrong with that? Why did we not think about the data in a structured way and we can reference it? One of the elements that is really a success is that you want to give the context to the data. So what that basically means is the metadata. So think about, I have a piece of image, right? I'm just showing you the piece of image, which has something to do with, let's say, vision inspection. A product is inspected, you take the image of the product and you know machine is telling whether the product is defective or not. Now I want to attach that image, one piece of information with everything else outside it. Where it came from, which site it, it was, which plant it came from, which machine, right? So the UP collect that data in a more hierarchical way, the organization, the site, the product, and any other metadata you have. Imagine if you can attach the metadata along with every piece of information that exists in the company. That's when you'd make the power really to go and filter the information, extract it, because now you have defined it. So giving a context to the data is really critical piece. Now that is not easy task by any means. It is the complex, it can take time, but I think if you think on those lines, it's really, really important. One biggest challenge that we are having is that anytime if I'm a user on the shop floor and I am I enter the data through my own hands on the keyboard or the machine that I'm looking in front of me, I can see the data, that data captured and sent to the data lake. Now imagine what exactly happened in the process. The data was just so close to me. I just saw it, I just put on finger, all of a sudden it went to the lake, now I have to go figure out where it is. So it went away from me. Now the data strategy, has to be, you want to bring back the data to the user where it belongs. And that is a huge undertaking itself. So rather than sending the data lake, how can we bring it? And that's where strategy belongs that can we break the data into domain specific data, for example. So if I work in the shop floor, I'm not interested in supply chain, I'm not interested in something else. Can you give a context to the data just I understand myself? Bring it closer to me, if you just show it to me, I understand what exactly it is because I don't have to search for that. So you make a data more specific in a democratic way that I understand really well. Don't give me the sea, ocean, me to float and try to find out to do that. And also, of course, the data governance is another challenging piece. So you don't want to give you access to everything to everyone, right? So if you have a con, if you have a give the context to the data, we talk the metadata, you should be able to control that because if data belongs to certain plant, certain site, now I can say, hey, you are owner for this particular place and I can assign a tribute. Everybody else is basically out. So I think the metadata and giving context is a really important factor to make the data governance much you know, easier to do that. 
So answer your question is not easy, but it's really critical piece. And their technology now is enabling in that space actually to do that. There are there are multiple technologies coming up, how to give the context to the data, um, things of that nature. What are the first steps that you want to formulate as part of a data strategy to ensure that at least you're on the right path when it comes to data governance and data quality? So one of if you think about how do we get the data, data is nothing but it is outcome of a process. As the process is happening, so think about we are manufacturing medicines. So as the process basically moves from left to right, underlying all the data is getting captured. So what is happening is that the, as the process moves, your data is generated in the process. Now, what is happening is the region that we have a lot of gaps because your process is broken. So if your process is broken, that's when you delink your data set. And that's where you have the challenge. So the, the first thing is that you really need to look at your business process, a high level. You don't have to go into detail. And you want to make sure that your, your processes are linked together. So your data underlying data is linked together as well. Now you can say that, yeah, that's possible, Vijay. We can basically do that. But we are talking multi-site, multi-country. How do we do that, right? And that's another player that you, that's why we say the metadata is really important to do that. So when you define the process, you almost literally, you have to give more like a process ID, site ID, a product ID, or whatever the other metadata is. Give the unique definition to each data element. And you give that uniqueness to when you capture the data, each piece of that, and that is how you can segregate and put the data governance overall. So we talked about how do you make sure that your data is at least properly governed and you're on the right way to creating, you know, a high quality standards of high quality around data. Now, the next step of this and the next piece of this is data analytics enablement. How do you make sure that people are able to fish for insights in an easy, straightforward and streamlined fashion, right? So we've talked about setting this foundation, but ultimately you need to enable folks to work data with real time. I'd love it if you can walk me through what organizations can do as part of their strategy to enable people to work with data at scale. What are the different tools and analytics enablement that they need to think about to be able to operationalize data at scale? Think about, there are two, maybe three buckets actually. So the people who are very technical, people data scientists, right? And then you can, so they are purely technical. We can talk about that in a moment. The second category of people is the we call citizen data scientists. So these are the people who are not necessarily a trained data scientists, but if you can give them a tool, we, we have a concept of AutoML, right? So AutoML is really a great way to get you started where you, you don't have to understand the underlying technical techni technical details of the algorithm, but you can visually, you can really look into that and you can basically drive the value. And the third element in, in the bottom is that people are not really into that much of data science. So can we train them, come and up, upskill them? A very basic you know, tools, whether it's a Spotfire or ClickSense to do that. So I think in order to move the needle in, in upskilling people, almost you have to take these three categories of people to bring to the next level of maturity, right? So having a training, a mentorship program and training programs on an ongoing basis, so we can talk more in detail is really key. AutoML is a really great capability. And in fact, in Merck, we are, we are pursuing that avenue uh, data IQ is one of the tools that we're basically using for that. And it serves the it, it serves the scientists, also citizen data scientists as well to do that. And then, of course, a very technical side of it that how can we train the different languages and more upskilling, more technology. We train that those people as well. So I would say that we need to focus all three areas. 
Yeah. And what about kind of the descriptive descriptive analytics area to a certain extent, kind of empowering the insight layer, not necessarily just the machine learning layer? Where is the room for business intelligence tools within that empowerment? So I think tool like you know, Data Camp, right? We are using that tool really to in you know, a data literacy program. We also have some of the mini tab, for example, uh, a jump. So some of the descriptive kind of tools that we are basically using to upskill people for the basic hands-on kind of work to do that. So there's, there's a group of some of the tools that we can bring to the bearing actually to, to upskill people for the basic fundamental as well. Going to execution, we talked a lot about these different levers, data analytics enablement, data asset management, making sure that the infrastructure is there, who owns the strategy, how to set the operating model. These are all big strategic decisions that require a lot of change management, stewardship over execution of the data data strategy, right? Given the amount of these layers that organizations need to push and pull on, I have a couple of questions around execution. One, how should leaders go about prioritizing these different levers? Do you begin working on infrastructure first, then enablement, or is it all in tandem? And then which parts of the organization owns different these different parts of levers? So we can start off kind of with the execution pro- process and timeline. How do you prioritize these different levers over time? And where does the work start when you go for execution? You know, the culture is a big part of that, right? So one thing that we have to really see is, does everybody in the company sees data as an asset? And how do they see it? So somebody has been working the shop floor for all their life, right? And if they have not seen how the data can deliver the value for them. So I think the education and literacy program is definitely something that you want to get started all across the company, right? That doesn't need any, there's no predecessor for that. I think the more people are changing, the culture pieces is changing. I think you will, you see a lot of things fall into place slowly. One thing I noticed my experience is the people is really powerful creature. If the, and in, in the, we all talked about the different structure. I think that if I have to keep everything at the top, I will keep people at the top. If people understand the value, if they are motivated, they can get things done, even the technology is not there. So if I want to deliver the business for value for the business, yeah, ideally it will be cool if I have a platform, you know, a model deployment, I can manage the life cycle, I can version control all those things. But listen, if I'm motivated, and if I know there's a value in this one, even I don't have those technology components, I'll still able to do that. It's going to be slow, but I'll still deliver the value. So I think what I would see is that putting the infrastructure, we don't have to really make, unless you put this, we are not going to deliver the value. So there's a low hanging fruit all across that we can deliver without having the heavy lifting infrastructure. And you want to drive the value, create the awareness, Here's the value. As the people are maturing, their thinking is maturing. Even the business senior leaders think is changing. Now you want to scale it up, right? And that's when you can take your time really to put the infrastructure in place as, as the maturity basically goes. I would say that it's not that unless you put everything in place, then only you can drive the value. I think it's you can start with low-hanging fruit and just keep on building upon it until you get to the stage where you need to scale it up. So in some sense, there's a lot of value that can be done in kind of the culture, the skills level, the enablement. And then over time, you start scaling these different levers like infrastructure governance and be iterative in your approach. Is that that's, is like, that, uh, that's, that's, that's okay. what exactly I'm saying? Yeah. In terms of who owns these different parts. So we talked about the 
kind of who, who makes sure to a certain extent that all of these different pieces are being executed upon? So we talked about business of data. So what I was referring to that is that so data and analytics organization within the business. So this organization basically is, is part of the business reporting somewhere the structure to do that. We can call CDO or CDAO or call it any other names, but that's a basically self-standing vertical within that organization. So for most part, actually, we've talked about the, all the different components. Uh, majority of that is driven by, uh, at least owned by that organization. But the IT comes in the place, we'll talk about that as well. So I would say that it is, it is the mixed responsibility. There's not one that everybody wants it. There's IT has a role to play. There's data and analytics organization to play. There's the business sponsor that they have to play, subject matter experts, so, and the business owners and business units coming to place. So I would say there are multiple owners, but overall, I think the driving force is data and analytics organization, uh, as we talked earlier. Definitely. So we kind of highlighted in our conversation kind of the iterative nature to a certain extent of executing on a data strategy. How do you kind of enable that mindset shift as well of, hey, data science is an iterative project. It's not necessarily something that you do. It's one and done. Data strategy is something that you continuously do basically as long as the technology exists and that you can take value out of it. So how do you adjust the process when executing the strategy and these data projects to account for the iterative nature of the, of the data game to a certain extent? So here's what I've seen work really well. It is, there's no, there's no magic wand for that. How you do it convince people. So let's say if I am, and I've done it almost every case very successfully. So you don't tell you so. What I mean by that, you saw the value. So let's say you got a concept and I, I took the one I joined Merck, for example, I, I took one concept and I basically had the proof of concept for a solution that was really, it is solving the business problem. So I said, I, I presented to the senior management, this is what value is basically driven. They can clearly see that value that can be basically driven. Now I said, if you want to scale it up, this is what you need to make the investment. So I think it, it is the time where if you can see the value, if the stakeholders can see the value, they are willing to come with you. So you have to show the small success, whatever the success it is. And when people see the success, they are willing to come with you. The other element I would say is that I've seen is in the senior leaders. If you can see that you can help them in their success, whatever the objectives. So if I'm a head of business unit, if I go in front of them that, hey, listen, here is something that I want to come and, and solve your problem. And if they can see it's helping them successful, then basically they are on board to do that. So you have to take that element. So there's whole showing and, and coming in front of them and showing the value. If you can show a small value and they say willing to scale, I think you have with them. So it's a very gradual process. People understanding the value, a more organic way, that's the one. But at the extreme side, if someone comes and says, you know what, we are going big on data. Here is the money, just take it and show the value. That is not the scenario most of the cases, right? Every time a company is investing in something, they're looking for ROI. And we know that ROI cannot be that easy for data projects. It takes some time. And if somebody is looking ROI in six months and a year, probably that's not practical. It's a gradual, you can go that way. Or if somebody is willing to invest the big money, then you can go that way as well. But I would say it's a culture and mindset and showing the success slowly and, and delivering the value. I think you can bring business on board. Definitely 
culture and mindset is super important when it comes to enabling analytics across the board, enabling the scalability of data science and any data strategy, right? So I'm excited to really dig through that. Of course, the big elephant of the room that we're talking about here is data culture. The majority kind of, of organizations have yet to crack the data culture problem. I'd love your perspective on not only the importance of data culture and how it enables data strategy, but how a lack of data culture stops data strategy. Oh my God, that is such a critical question. I, I cannot tell you. And I had, I had to navigate this and I think to, to a very high rate of success, I was able to get in this. So there are multiple components to it. So when you talk about the culture, culture is a big word, right? It may mean different things to different people. So let me break it down, what I mean by that. So the one of the element is if you start the senior management, we talked about earlier, is senior management thinking the old way that, hey, somebody else owns the data strategy, not us. IT traditionally has been a kind of driver for you know, IT solutions. Now, if, some, if we can shift that mindset that yes, indeed, data belongs to the business strategy, right? If you can shift, that's a huge change. That's a big undertaking itself to do that. So how do we make that happen at that level? Senior management do understand the value of the data, but I think understanding and doing are two different things, right? So can we convince them in, in the, that? And again, I, we talked about the showing the success is, is that. So that is at that level. Middle management, again, if we can show the part of the success that somebody can see, wow, yeah, I can do this. I never imagined. And I, I have multiple examples where People never imagine that's possible using the data. But once we saw the small prototype, it's a, well, how about this? How about that? I love to do this. Now they're part of the journey now to do that. Now they're becoming part of that, right? So I think coming back to that piece, showing the success and coming with that and going hand in hand, I think that is really a big component of that. The other thing I, I, I touch upon that, so how do we uh, upskill people? So we, one of the things that we did in work, we ran hackathons. Now, hackathons is you take some business, most challenging business problem and bring people together and you solve the problem. One of the things that I brought in in that concept was I brought in participants who are not going to contribute. They're just going to watch. So the, in each team, I just put together the business folks who have some interest in data. I said, you just watch, come to this hackathon, these meetings. Just observe who's doing what, really, and how they're thinking, how they're talking. And I cannot tell you is that after that hackathon was over, these folks wanted to be engaged part of the data science initiative going on, and they will volunteer their time to work on other projects to do that. So how do we go and create the literacy and the value of that element of that? So I would say it takes time. It's a gradual upskilling. We also have some of the tools like data camps, mini tab, or jump how do we bring organize on a regular basis the training and awareness program for that as well and the last component which is really what we call a digital mentorship so one of the things that we implemented here at Merck is that there are people who are willing to switch their career and they want to learn more about data what can we do for them so we established a digital mentorship program where we identified the people who are willing to mentor some people in data field and then we surveys the people who are willing to learn things. And we basically paired them up and we had three months program, actually highly, highly successful program 
and we're able to scale it up 20, 30 people in one batch. Now imagine if you have that kind of scale and solving the problem and bringing people on board, be more aware how they can solve the problems, it is a huge impact. So we can scale it up actually even more, have a digital mentorship program for that. 100% completely agree on your first element of showing a win to galvanize the data culture and to show people the value of data science. There's nothing like showcasing a prototype or a low-hanging fruit of like, hey, I just automated like 10% of your workflow and saved you like time to a certain extent to do something more meaningful with data science to be able to showcase the value of data science and to showcase the importance of data. To kind of harp on your second point on upskilling, how large is the intersection to a certain extent between upskilling and data culture? In some sense, is data culture synonymous with upskilling and data skills or is there an additional cultural element, behavioral element that kind of can't be filled out with an upskilling program to a certain extent? Yeah, so, so there are some mix up almost everything really so there's definitely a not upskilling but there's the mindset itself right so the mindset is really really the other element of that and that's a totally different upskilling is probably will not change that if somebody is working in certain way then they are thinking certain way they're making decisions certain way how do we change them so that's a totally different area that we want to handle and hopefully i think if the company at the top level is pushing in that around and we're forcing people to think a different way. So I would say, you know, leadership by example. So if you want to change people's behavior, I think it's had to coming from the top. And you don't have to just talk about that. You have to demonstrate that. So if, if I'm a senior leader, not only that, I, I just talk about how useful data is, basically leading by example, showing this is what we have basically done, making the investment, that's really key. We can all talk about all data and analytics strategy. There's certain level of investment that has to be basically made to do that. If you can show that example coming from the top, other part of the organization basically come into the fold. So in any change, I mean, this is what we're talking is the change management, right? So we're changing people, how we're thinking and their, their ways of working. So upskilling is a big component of that change to do that. Now, in any part of the organization, there are people who are motivated. They want to do things different. What I have done, if you want to galvanize the team of people, you got to go after the people who are really excited, bring them together, create the energy, actually. And one of the elements that I did was when I joined Merck, we created something called Data Science Knowledge Network. And what the idea was that you create the community of people, not only pure data scientists, but also subject matter experts. These are the people who are highly, highly motivated. They want to do things out of their regular job. They're not data scientists, right? So how do you bring that kind of culture and you create and when people see other people doing something different, they say, wait a minute, let me, let me see what other person is basically doing. So you can bring that way, creating the network of people, talking and showing the success, coming together, learn and grow and give them opportunity. I can tell you that I've given opportunity for people we're part of some of the you know, hackathons or some part of this one. I said, come, if you all want to have an experience, I'm willing to give you the project. So on top of a regular job, and I've been able to basically mentor and coach these people. And that's a hands-on experience. That's a huge difference that can make in someone's career. Yeah, that's actually how I got into data science to a certain extent. Oh, wow. like, Look so at this. Very <laughs> similar, very similar dynamic where I was also working in an organization, a non-data science job, but I was very excited about it. I was got to be able to contact the data team, and then yeah, that's that was my first experience with data science in a professional setting. And 
kind of harping on that last point that around community, I really want to expand into that. How important is creating community to galvanize data culture? And secondly, what are the most effective tactics that you found to kickstart the community of practice around data skills and data culture? It is highly important. If you think about outside world, if you create a product, what the companies are doing, almost everyone, they want to create the community around their product. So if you are selling a pen or you're selling a phone, you know, you got a software, piece of software, almost everybody wants to organize a group of people, community of people. What they are basically doing is that they're talking to making these folks, all the users of the system talk to each other and learn from each other. That way, number one, your product is what is getting out and you're getting a lot of feedback from that. So think about if I create the user community and I'm, a lot of people are talking about a lot of other things, can I get insight out of that? What are exactly they're talking? Now that becomes ground for me to go and mine the data to develop my product to the next level. Same thing here as well. We can apply the same. We create the community of people. They're talking, they're developing, and other people are basically looking into that. And we can, in this community, you can find out what is important to them, who is facing what kind of challenge. So I think organically, you're capturing the thoughts of people when you bring the community. That's the best way to get that information. You will not get any other means really to do that. So I think that this community is, is the best way to, you know, data literacy program and doing that. And I'm happy to talk to anybody who wants to get some guidance, how to create community. I know we have a limited time here, but I'll touch upon that as well. But if, you know, audience wants to really get some brainstorming on that, how to do it, I'm happy to share that. But primarily there are four components to any community. Number one is knowledge sharing. So when you bring there, everybody at the different level of a skill set, when you interact, the people are basically learning and sharing, right? Number two component is that problem solving. So we are coming together. It is not just, we're just talking. Why don't we come together, take a business problem on top of our day-to-day job and come together and solve the problem? That's the innovation hub, actually, you can call it to do that. So you can create the community to solve the real problem. Hackathon is part of that community as well, I can talk about. So number three is, we talked about is that upskilling. So if you, when you have that, community, you understand who needs what kind of skill. You can c- capture the data. Now, based on what they are saying, where the feedback is, you can create your training program or workshop for that kind of skill gap that you might have. And the last component I would say is the digital mindset. So when you people say coming, when you look at things, how people are functioning, how they're working, you get more, it's more like a snowball effect basically to do that. So community around that as you get bigger and bigger to do that. And now when you build the community, you want to make sure that that community is represented by all faction of the business unit. It's not like some data scientist sitting in their room. You want to bring the sponsorship from the different business function. They are promoting it, that people need to participate in that. that. And also they're participating in hackathon or they're participating into you know learning programs. So there's a whole development piece that can be used by engaging the different business functions. That is so awesome and so comprehensive. And I know that we're almost reaching out of time, but I want to end with one final question. Vijay, do you have any final call to action before we wrap up today's episode? No, thank you so much. I can tell you the folks, data journey is not easy. I would say that all the components that we talked about that, those are the key critical component. There's no one fixed formula. I think you need to consider some way and depending upon your situation, you can pick and choose where to basically start. Culture is the biggest element of that. 
I can tell you that. So if you can work on that, it's, it's slow process, we'll get there, but it's going to take a, a lot of effort. And it's picking up, right? So if I'm data scientist, if things are not working out, then you got to skip, you know, speak up and say, what do you need? Do you need to make, make it more successful, right? So I think you have to create the voice of change in the culture element of that and upskilling. I would say the people are the highest element of that. So if, if you can empower people, I think you can get a lot more done that we cannot imagine even what people can accomplish if they're empowered to do things. That is awesome. Vijay, thank you so much for coming on Data Framed. Thank you so much, Adam. So nice talking to you. You've been listening to Data Framed, a podcast by DataCamp. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. Please give us a rating, leave a comment, and share episodes you love. That helps us keep delivering insights into all things data. Thanks for listening. Until next time.